and welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. This is episode 160, and oh my goodness, what a special episode it is. It, not just because I have a breathing dog right here next to the microphone. Thank you, Sophie. But this is the first time that we're recording in the same room since the pandemic. Dun, dun, dun. So since before the pandemic. Well, we had the one where we were at uh, uh, Zony Mash. Right. Right. That was oh, the no, one. Nola Brewing. Nola Brewing is when we interviewed uh, is where we interviewed um, uh, the Chewbacca's folks because I got distracted by the super but, Mar- by the but Donkey that was Kong machine. The pandemic. That was oh. before the pandemic. Yeah. Well, but we did our oh yeah that's right anniversary show with the uh, Star Zony Wars. Mash. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So that was but, the only exception though. But we are back around my dining room table with dogs all around um, and. Uh, so yeah, so Fredo, Dave, welcome to my house. So Yay. thanks for having us. Yes, and it's been a while since we've recorded an episode too, because I've been traveling to the great state of Nebraska, home of the College World Series. Yeah, yeah, um, and <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's. Uh, Do you see anybody you knew? <laughs> Were no, you in Omaha? At no, all? but it was just—it's just been funny watching the LSU um, yeah. shot challenge, the Jello shot challenge, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you don't—you don't play with uh, Louisiana folks and their Jello shots. Um, I did the math yesterday. Uh, LSU has uh, bought more shots than all the other schools combined, like by a significant margin, and that was before Game One of the. Final. Well, apparently, what the Raisin Canes owner bought like six thousand of them or yeah. something. Then he yeah. bought like Raisin Canes for all the workers and stuff like that. Uh, we <laughs> did have a former student of ours, Brittany and I. Um, he messaged uh, Brittany yesterday, I think, and he said he snuck into Rocco's. I don't know what sneaking into means. It must have been like like hell to get into. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said, "Man, those LSU folks are." I don't know. I can't remember what the descriptor was, um, but different. Breed. Apparently, they like to party. I think is what it was. Um, so that that has just been fun to watch. Um, Worlds colliding, cultures clashing. You're like, yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, um, and it, it's also kind of funny that in talking with our friends, you know, on when I was sending, you know, well, just messages back to you guys and. Um, I think people would be shocked. Dave, you've been to Nebraska, and obviously you're from Kansas. Um, I'm going to tell everybody here, sorry to spoil things, but you get outside of New Orleans and you start driving in rural Louisiana, it's not too much different than rural Nebraska or Mm. rural Kansas. I mean, it's all corn, you know, soybeans, or, you know, here we got rice paddies. It's just... It, 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 I mean, like I said, it is what it is. Um, you know what's funny? The other day I was watching uh, Smokey and the Bandit, which is also came out the same year Star Wars came that's out. A, that's an awesome movie. Yeah, and what's what I was laughing at is I was watching all the roads and you know the highways and byways that Burt Reynolds and Jerry Reed and everybody was running, and I'm like, you know, aside from some signage and maybe you know a, a stoplight here or there, it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Like if you were, you know, the moment you get out of the cities most of what's rural in the south it's still the same like well I've driven through those roads it's like yeah it's and, the and, same vibe and unless you go to colorado or mm. like the appalachians or you know california sorry folks that's, i mean that's what america looks, america like. looks like america yeah. you know mm-hmm. um but uh anyway it was you know we went back for a wedding yeah and it was on 
the college world series weekend so you know finding a place to stay in omaha was impossible so uh but anyway it is what it is um so um yeah no it was fun but like i said i find it funny that the nebraska state motto do you guys know what it is i don't know uh one two three the heck with colorado uh you know you're close (laughs) um it's uh it's nebraska it's not for everyone I hand to God that is their state motto but the funny thing was I said you're not too far off mm. is that it was it was created by a firm from Colorado <laughs> so I mean it's like it, it seems like somebody had a prank mm. pulled on them anyway uh, no Nebraska was fine it was great to see family it was um, Kansas you know. is so much more aspirational it's uh, to the stars through difficulty man they make you think on those long <laughs> roads in Kansas <laughs> They want you to stop and ponder. Ad Astra per Aspra. Of course, then my uh, my sister lives in Texas, and she said, you know, West Texas, it's like you can see your dog run away for three mm-hmm. days. As someone who's been there <laughs> on many an occasion, you know, I've always said if you go from West Texas into New Mexico, you can totally understand why people see UFOs because it's like, it's like you're on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. Completely different world. So uh, well, today, I was going to say tonight, but it's like in the middle of the day. So it's really weird also. This is just messing with me, guys, because mm-hmm. it's like I said, it's one o'clock in the afternoon and we're all in the same place. So mm-hmm. this is really creepy. Um, but uh, no, we're going to be talking about what a gray Jedi is. Um, it's been a topic that's been um, kicked around on the Internet. So we're going to uh, talk about that. Um, we got some news Mm-hmm. Um, but first let's, and I, then I also just want to talk after we get through the trivia and news, I want to talk about what we've been watching because a lot of things have mm-hmm. been released recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some things I need to, to pitch or at least one show I need to pitch. And I can't remember if I talked about it on the last time we recorded. So forgive my old man brain, but anyway, let's do some trivia here. Um, all right. So Fredo to you, what large beasts are seen grazing on Tatooine not far from the park Naboo Royal Starship? What large beasts are seen grazing on Tatooine not far from the parked Naboo Royal Starship? Can you graze on sand? That's what I was wondering too. It's like, well, it's like it's, yeah, it's a very sandy place. Uh, those are dewbacks. They are dewbacks. Ah, that was the first I, shot that remember. I thought about this. That was like the first or second shot of the first trailer for Phantom Menace. Mm. You know, you got the first shot of the Gungans coming out of the swamp. And then it's like, you know, there's a beginning. And next thing you know, it was the dewbacks next to the star. Maybe. To uh, the Nabufra ship. I was going to say Banthas. Yeah, that was what I was thinking too. I still think it's Banthas, but oh. <laughs> um, all right. Dave. All right, who ends up snacking on a free frog that lands in his soup in a Tatooine cafe? Who oh ends up goodness. snacking on a free frog that lands in his soup in a Tatooine cafe? Wow. Well, uh, oh, well, uh, Sebulba, right? Yep, Sebulba. Yeah, because yeah, he eventually eats it at the end of their little... Skirmish yep. and dust up, yes. Yeah, Jar Jar originally went after it, and yeah. they got thrown as... That's why the fight broke out. Yeah. All right. To me, what duo are patrolling Hoth and placing sensors when a meteorite hits nearby? Oh, come on, really? Um, well, that would be Luke and Han. Yep. I'm sorry. Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Okay. Ooh. Well, there we go. 
uh, as, Half a, a point. as opposed to Luke Jones and <laughs> Han <laughs> Stevenson. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, Fredo, we got some news going on here. Yeah, just kind of catching up on a couple of things that uh, broke while we were on the back. Uh, so the first thing that kind of came out is uh, Star Wars Outlaws, which is the long-rumored game being developed by French video game developer Ubisoft, was revealed. They had a big old trailer. Uh, it's, set, it's set to take place in the period between Empire and Jedi, and you're going to step into the role of Kay Vess, a clever scoundrel in the galactic underworld, as she's attempting one of the biggest heights the Outer Rim has ever seen, all in an effort to start a new life. And uh, you, she's accompanied by a BX Commander Droid and a little uh, uh, axolotl-looking critter named uh, Nyx. So supposed to be uh, you jump ships. It's open world, so you'll be able to fly to your heart's content, jump from system to system. Some of the systems are new. Some of the systems are supposedly going to be places we've been to before. Um, set to be released in 2024 across all xbox playstation 5 and pc so it's gonna be interesting to see obviously there was some nice both positive and negative reaction to the game but the reality is it's like i think after the success of jedi survivor they're trying to do something else single player that people can just jump and go have fun with so all right again explain to me first of all video game trailers don't mm-hmm. typically show gameplay no it's okay. a story mode. It's, so, it's kind, of, kind of sell you on the idea of what the story's going to be. Uh, so that's what you got. Now, I, under, I understand that mm-hmm. we're all of a certain vintage here. You know, yeah, I know, Sophie. I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, do, do video game trailers get you excited for the game? Or would you rather, have you ever been hornswoggled by a video game trailer where it's like, oh, that looks like it's going to be a great video game. And then it's like you get to the gameplay and it just... Yep. stinks it has happened it has happened. i'm trying to think of any examples like recently uh but no actually the, the good thing is yeah i mean ideally the first trailer because it's still being developed it's going to be all story or setting or mood the second one really the one that gets close to the release should show you okay this is how it's going to look this is how you're going to run and shoot and what you're supposed to be doing of course it is a trailer so much like a movie trailer it's showing you the best bits. It may not show you the, okay, you fired it up and this is what you're doing from moment to moment. And um, that's where open world games can be quite deceptive because you end up repeating a lot of the same things over and over and over again. I want somebody to go back and do a video game trailer for like Pac-Man or <laughs> Asteroids. In a world. With the cinematic, with the uh, CGI and everything. Yeah, Um, yeah, especially for asteroids. Make it like totally, make the trailer totally 3D and look like totally awesome. And then you get to the gameplay where it's like Pong. You You know know? what you could do is you could pull like footage from that movie Pixels. Mm -hmm. And then you could use that. I don't know. Um, But Mm -hmm. like to answer your question too, I I usually wait for the reviews. Mm -hmm. Like 99 times out of 100, I... I don't feel like I have to buy something mm-hmm. first day. So it's just funny to me that people are like, I don't know, I'm, and I'm not a huge gamer, so it's mm-hmm. just the the amount of excitement that I see. You know, it's like uh, this trailer drops, and it's like you don't know what the game. They gave you the premise. It's mm-hmm. like I don't know. But I also think, in some ways, even, if, even just the idea of the premise. Hey, you're not playing a Jedi, not playing a Sith. You because a lot of times 
you you know everybody asks for that <laughs> scoundrel underworld well, uh, storyline and so hey kind of like andor this is that idea it's you're not going to be playing one of the big heroes even jedi fallen order or jedi survivor put you in the shoes of somebody wielding a lightsaber so okay, that's gonna... great but well, this is something else. Now you're going to get me all upset now because it's like, why? when did everybody get so ticked off at Jedi in their Star Wars? It's like somebody put too much salt in the, you know, on the fries or something. It's no, like, it's, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's you, more you like, know what I mean, though? Well, it's I like think that's part like, of the gray Jedi discussion, probably, okay. right? But it's also, it's also the, it's like a friend, a co-worker of mine just complained the other day. She got a Juan's flying burrito about quesadilla and she says it had too much bacon for her. Now, those words have never been put together. <laughs> but that's the point. Like, no such thing. Yeah, well, that's the end. For some people, the Jedi are like too much, you know, too much Jedi is too much bacon. My mom did that to us with jambalaya once. Mm-hmm. There's too much shrimp in this. Oh, I thought she put bacon in the jambalaya. And I was like, <laughs> no, what? No, like too much shrimp in the jambalaya. And we were just like baffled. Like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. shrimp is one of the best parts. It's so good. Like, what are you complaining about? But yeah, no, the bacon. Come on, people. Anyway, I, know, I, I mean, okay, so okay, so Star Wars Outlaws. I, I'm just like I said, just that was my old man rant for the mm-hmm, day. Mm-hmm. So. And it's gonna be interesting to see how the reaction is. Like I said, we've already had the natural edgelord neckbeard anger at the fact that the lead protagonist of the game's a girl. It's like, mm. geez, of course. Yeah, oh, there we go. All right, yeah. all hell's gonna break loose now. Oh no, yeah, mm-hmm. girl. How- a, a woman in charge of her own destiny the in the thing, Star Wars game? The only thing worse than too many Jedi in your Star Wars is too many girls in your Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. So speaking of too many Star Wars, uh, a Variety, this is from a couple of weeks ago, did say that there may be some shifting within Disney. Now, of course, we're still in the middle of the Writers Guild of America strike. Yeah, I believe the Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA, has voted to, uh, or at least they're not completely voted to strike, or the, but they have kind of like a early approval to strike, whereas the Director's Guild has a tentative deal with the movie studios. Anyway. It's preamble, ongoing. Yeah. Preamble to say, uh, Variety was revealed a couple of weeks ago that uh, Disney is maybe shifting the entirety of their movie slate, including several Star Wars movies. So they may, they're reporting that uh, they're adding a live-action Moana. They're delaying the next three avatars. But the big deal for us is Disney may be adding a new Star Wars movie to 2026. All right. So, so the, the, we might whichever, get that year. Whichever the second one is to be released is going to make less money, and it's going to freak everybody out and say how Lucasfilm doesn't know what they're doing. So, yeah. so it's, it is, what does this make Solo 2 happen? Is that what it's going to be? <laughs> well, that, and what, what I find interesting is because we know one of those is the one that um, – uh, the Ray Skywalker one. And I think right. that's the one that was originally scheduled to come out first in Christmas 2025 or mm-hmm. maybe May 2026. But if they were hoping to maybe move that Mando movie to 2027, maybe they're thinking we can put that on Christmas 2026. Let's now, see, let's just is that too that much they... Star Wars, too much bacon in your quesadilla? Well, I'm just saying let's just hope that they figured out how what went wrong with... Mm-hmm from Last Jedi to Solo. Mm-hmm. So I still contend that had nothing to do with the movie. It had everything to do with the timing yeah. and the fact that they've never done it before and marketing. Mm-hmm. So if they can, and maybe if they can lay the groundwork now, that it's like, and like I said, just, uh, like I said, I just think people were just absolutely, 
not expecting another Star Wars movie so close after another one. So. I love the bacon quesadilla comment though, because mm-hmm. like it is, it is very true. This is what a lot of people said. I don't want my movies so close together. I want it to be an event, and uh, and I think that really did factor in. And and like also people thought that the solo movie was less essential. Mm-hmm. Like who asked for this? I remember that comment over mm-hmm. and over and over. But uh, I, I would, you know, it, movie, studio, movie studios tend to overreact to things that occur. And then they, they take one lesson away from what happened. If there's a failure, like Solo was financially, they might take one lesson away from that. I don't know what the one lesson would be in this case, though, because like for a lot of people, it was don't release two Star Wars movies in the same year. I thought, mm-hmm. and now they're talking about potentially doing it again. And this was like the reason we haven't had a Star Wars movie since, right? Well, and I wonder if this is the, if they don't release the Filoni Mandoverse movie at the right time, then everything just kind of like too many mm-hmm. dominoes get knocked over or it just, you know, it's like waiting for National Treasure three or something. I don't know. It it, it might be one of those things where like going, oh, you know, this. It probably has everything to do with this, um, the strikes that are right. going on. That it's just like okay, you know. Because the reality is, it's not just impacting Star Wars. It impacts the entire Marvel slate. All that's thrown for a jumble. All their live action Disney remakes that's thrown out. So you end up in a dynamic where, you know, you need to have something to release on these big releases so, summer for you know memorial day fourth of july christmas and, and dude but what's ready to go may end up being okay if if, if the next hours movie is ready to go whereas the next avatar movie is not ready for another six months bring up the stars movie put out the avatar movie back and we'll you know figure what it out you know later. what they need you know what they need to do this mm-hmm. was kind of like you remember way back when we were all little kids and they re-released you know star wars mm-hmm. a new hope um in theaters and it was mm-hmm. like and at the end of the movie or before the movie maybe you saw the trailer for empire strikes back mm-hmm. you know it i think don't do a post-credit scene don't do the marvel thing but actually put in like big bold letters Hey, everybody stick around at the end of this movie and we're going to show you an exclusive clip First, for yeah. the one that's coming out in three months or whatever it's going to be. I mean, slap them across the face I think, with yeah. it, you know, uh, and I mean, yes, I know that it's uh, it would be kind of, mm-hmm. you know uncouth kind of sloppy mm. but i think it might just that's what you got to do they did that with rogue one and they did that with lord of the rings yeah because those movies are coming out every christmas and i think after fellowship of the ring they put a like a six minute trailer showing scenes from the two towers and then for two towers they put or, a trailer. So, because they or want just people... make sure that you have the trailer ready right. to go but for the it. next one so that if it's it's the trailer that leads right into the movie and put in coming may of mm-hmm. you know 2026 so that you know now like you could that, do that with something like lord of the rings because you were working continuously so you were generating new content content so even if you not necessarily have a snazzy trailer you could cut some of the mm-hmm. uh finished product and put it together and hey put some cool music put it at the end of the movie at the end of the movie and excite the fans like that's the comic-con i never, that's why I, never under, I never yeah. understood why they did not do that with 
with Solo and the Last mm-hmm. Jedi. I mean, that just mm-hmm. was like. I mean, they waited until the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Was it, or something. And then I, nothing yeah. happened until it's like months later. I mean, put that trailer. I mean, there's nothing yeah. more exciting than when you see, you know, I mean, how many people went to see some lame movie to see the Phantom Menace trailer, you Meet know, Joe type Black. of deal. Meet we Joe all Black. did that. But, <laughs> but my, my point is, like, imagine you're going to see a Star Wars movie and the trailer that leads right into that Star Wars movie is a trailer for a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. That would just make you more excited. Marvel does that. And yeah. they're experts at it. I mean, you go see... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, there's a trailer for the Marvels. Yeah. You go see um, Spider-Man, you get the trailer for Doctor Strange. They're, they're pretty good about doing that because they know we not only do we want the audience to be happy with what we're showing them, but we want them to be excited for what's coming up next. I, I think, like, too, the, 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 these are just placeholders, right? And mm-hmm. like you said, like, they're going to shift things based mm-hmm. on what's ready, what's not ready, and they're going to move all this stuff around. Like, the Avatar thing is going to... It's ready, so push Star Wars down the road further. So, like, I don't think people should, like, freak out over mm-hmm. the fact that, like, right now there are two Star Wars movies scheduled to come out six months, six months apart from each other. Mm-hmm. But I love this suggestion... And they did this with Rogue One, where they re-released Rogue One to get people excited for Andor. And I was like, I, I love Rogue One. I'm going to go see it. Mm-hmm. And they had all this extra stuff attached to it. They had the trailer for Andor. They had like uh, behind-the-scenes interviews. And then they had a scene, um, which was an extended scene of the, of the scene that they'd previously released. And that was nice. It was a nice little bonus. Uh, mm-hmm. It wouldn't have gotten me in the theater... Um, because like, again, we're all busy adults with jobs and kids and things, but, um, but you know, my point is that Lucasfilm, because of solo last Jedi thing, mm -hmm. they're like, you know, it's bottom of the ninth, two out. And the person coming up to the plate is the guy that's grounded out, you know, four last four times at bat, you know, and it's, you know, so it's because they just. And it's because they fumbled that one thing. And I think, mm-hmm. it, admittedly, they fumbled that. Um, so it is like, just please, you know, yeah. just just make sure that people know this is going on so that you don't we don't have to deal with, you know... Because Solo wasn't a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. yeah, so... It was just what's lost in the shuffle of people not being aware that it was coming. Yeah, that was part of it. And part of it, too, was like the whole Avengers thing. People like, I have to go see the Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the culmination of all these other stories. And Solo, I guess I'll rent it or whatever. So it's seen as disposable in that way. Um, But I think the next Star Wars movie, the first one, whatever it is, whenever it comes, that one kind of has to be an event movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's going to be thirsty for Star Wars at that point. All right, so all right, so I'm sorry, taking us down a total. Wh- which is the which is the bigger event? Is it the Ray New Jedi Order movie, or is it the Mandoverse movie? That's the culmination of all this stuff that people have been watching for the last four years. Well, they're gonna have to figure that. I out, mean, you know, right? but mm-hmm. but to you, I'm just yeah. asking you guys, which mm-hmm. is the one that you would be like more? I mean, for me, it's Ray. So I mean. Yeah. I'd split the difference and say maybe the Mando one, but that's only because it's an endless, you know, it's an, an, an it's a known quantity. We know the characters. 
think you know, it's I think it's the one that's easier to it's, easy, hit. it's the easier one to hit. It's right. the, it's the softball. Yeah. Because you've got people's attention, especially if I mean, if they're watching Mandalorian, you throw baby Yoda on a mm. trailer and yeah. you know, I mean that's just like dangling beef jerky in front of my dogs, you know, <laughs> it's just like uh, so um so would you put that now, one out that first? Being, that, that's what that's second. what I'm saying yeah. is that that's the one that might be the big event. However, the one that I might, me personally as a fan, the one I'm more interested in the seeing one you don't know about. is the Ray Skywalker one. Yeah. So as a person, I'm saying as personally, mm-hmm. that would be the one I'm more excited about. But from a business standpoint and making sure, you know, if you're talking about yeah. you want an event that's going to hit everybody, mm-hmm. I think that the Mandoverse one might be the one to roll out first it's the easier one to sell because like i said it's something that people know and are aware of and people have a vested interest in whether it's mandalorian book of boba fett well, that's the other thing out. you just use the word i'm gonna you use the mm-hmm. word sell mm-hmm. you've already got you know baby yoda toys and ahsoka toy everything that you mm-hmm. could repurpose into a different packaging and anyway so sorry we've gone totally down a rabbit hole here but <laughs> oh yeah this um, could make a good topic actually for a whole show um mm-hmm. but i yeah I think it's the Ray Skywalker stuff Mm -hmm. because again, there's this gap. It's like people are developing, like they miss it, Mm -hmm. but there's nostalgia for it. It's like, Oh, that's for the younger generation in particular. That's my star Wars. And I haven't had it for a decade or whatever. By the time this movie finally comes out and they're going to, there's going to be an eagerness to jump back into that. There's not going to be the same thirst for the Mandoverse because it's like, I've been watching that. And I appreciate having it on the big screen. This is going to be awesome, but I don't think there's going to be like the the fervor and the and to the marketing side of it. it You're not going to. It all depends on what 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 Ahsoka is. Mm-hmm. I think what Ahsoka, what Ahsoka and Mando season four four, if that comes out before mm-hmm. 2026, I think it all depends on how they set that up. Um, and I do wonder how much groundwork Disney's going to be doing. Lucasfilm's going to be doing for that Ray movie. Because remember, the last image we got is Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. That's it. So we have no idea what's going to be coming from that one. Are they going to be releasing books? Are they going to be putting, say, an animated show in the meantime? Because it's a, what, 15-year gap between mm-hmm. that movie, Rise of Skywalker, and the next one. So how much work is Lucasfilm going to be looking to do in order to kind of lay the groundwork so that people are ready and excited? Or are they just going to be like, no, we're going to go cold, People just got to figure it out on their own. So, all right. See, I took us, like I said, I took us yeah. down a rabbit hole because we've got beer in the middle of the afternoon. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, so, but this next, this next story here, um, mm-hmm. Brittany and I were just talking about that a couple of days ago. This is very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, again, from variety, I mean, obviously, strikes are happening. And, well, it's not just strikes, it's interesting because. Okay. So, the story is San Diego Comic Con is happening, I believe, next month. Mm-hmm. And already, uh, Disney has said that they're not going to be a presence. So no Disney shows, no Lucasfilm, no Marvel, right. which is a tremendous loss for them. You know, which when you think about everything from Ahsoka, which we just spoke about, Loki season two, the Marvels, Haunted Mansion, uh, a lot of that stuff's not going to be there. Now, Disney has their own. D23. Two, three, exactly. They have D23, yeah. their own event to promote all this stuff and star wars celebration yeah but that's the other thing star wars celebration has happened but if you're trying to get ahsoka i mean in the eyes now some studios have netflix already pulled out 
Warner Bros. is kind of taking a wait-and-see approach. It's interesting because, on the one hand, San Diego Comic-Con particularly was known for these big events. Hall H mm-hmm. for Marvel has been where every trailer, the stars come out, everybody's pressed, and it becomes a big old event. And now, well, it's not happening well, that anymore. That might be the... I mean, so, I'm sorry to eat up mm-hmm. into this. So, how much of this is because of the Screen Actors Guild strike? I mean, so, it's like... No, it's probably not a good idea for the whole cast of the new of the Marvels mm. to go out, you know, to mm. San Diego Comic Con. Um, you know, because I, it was funny because Britt said it's like, a, well, you know, what, it, it's like, wow, yeah, Marvel, no Marvel, no no Star Wars, no Disney, and I'm like, it's like, what are they what are they going to talk about? It's like, I don't know, maybe comic books. <laughs> you know, that that made me wonder is if somebody is, and this is just conspiracy theorist Aaron is somebody from San Diego Comic-Con you know on the board saying we've lost our way you know in a way that or you know are they getting you know I don't know it's I don't like, know that it's th- up to them th- mm. things get things get buried you know mm. the you know the comic creators the I mean I know my my brother-in-law and sister-in-law they go every year and I always hear them talk about seeing like the panels for various TV shows and mm-hmm. things like this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my brother-in-law goes for the comic books and for the art and stuff like that. So I don't know. Is it, did they get just too big that it was a monster to. I, I have a theory that the pandemic affected a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like people skipped out during the pandemic. Um, you know, maybe the con con probably got canceled at one point. And then when it did come back, maybe some people didn't participate. And come three years later, oh, we don't really need to do that. You know, and it's like, and it's just, oh, we're going to save money. And we're going to, you know, pinch pennies a little bit on this particular aspect of our marketing budget. And we're just not going to participate because we don't see the return on it. And I think like that's part of, you see, um, E3 is the same thing right now. Mm-hmm. Like nobody is participating in E3 anymore, which is the electronics consumer right. uh, show. And not, the big video game companies were always there, and they're not there anymore. They're just like, oh, we're gonna not gonna they do, do their own thing. Yeah, Sony Nintendo has, has their own thing that they do online. Sony has its own thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it you is know, what it is. That's, I mean, that's a very good. First of all, I on a tangent i totally dropped the ball i had a whole joke ready to go of dave you know changing our return to office policy or something <laughs> um, and i totally dropped the ball on that but uh we're anyway. bucking the trend of comic-con <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i mean that that is a very good point it's kind of, i mean it's like in the recording industry it's like you don't i mean if you have a good enough album, you really just need an Instagram account and a YouTube channel and, mm-hmm. you know, you can make some serious buzz. Um, so, yeah, they may not. And, and I also wonder, it's like D, Disney wants people to come to D23. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if I go to if, if half my it's like, why would I go to San Diego? Why would I go to D23 if I'm going to Comic-Con and I'm seeing... Same you know thing. the same stuff and so i wonder if there's some of that you know it's uh but you know but and also mm-hmm. on another tangent did you know i like i said my brother-in-law and sister-in-law go to to comic-con i didn't realize so if you get tickets for comic-con then if you want a hotel you have to enter a lottery mm-hmm. you can't just de- you can't decide i want to go to this hotel you mm-hmm. enter a lottery and they say okay here's the hotel they're all comparably 
priced, mm -hmm. but it's just to make it so that uh, it's like wow, it's, that it's just a seems, big event. No. That seems too much work for me. Well, I, and part of, and part of it is you know San Diego Comic Con. I picked up a big size or a big chunk of the attention, but in the last decade or so, you've had WizardCon in New York, and you have a bunch of other conventions and events that happen across the country. So we got to remember that the actors turning up there, whether it's the guys from Marvel, the guys from Star Wars or whatever, this is still part of their job. They're getting, they're hired to be there and promote their movie. It's contracted work. It's not like they just decided, oh, I'm just going to turn up and be at Comic-Con because I want to be, I'm a fan, I want to be there. Right, it's part of their gig. It's yeah, part of the gig. So yeah. you got to have a contract in order to do that. And if you're a studio and kind of like Dave said, it's, Maybe you don't need to do that for any of Comic Con because that trailer is going to come out no matter what you say. Well, and and the buzz, you know, particularly when you consider stuff like Marvel or Star Wars, how much work do you really need to do to build buzz? That's that was my going to be my point. It's like, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't need to go get a booth at the con to mm -hmm. you know as you know. I always said when I was in the band, it was like you know you need to spend money to or mm -hmm. to get money. Right. You know, so you you. You, you did certain things or took certain gigs for less money so you could get the bigger gig and stuff like that. I mean, Marvel and Paid Star Wars on. and Disney now is like, you know, here's the new Disney movie. Your kids mm -hmm. are going to want to go to it. All we need to do is put it on TV once. We need to buy one, mm -hmm. you know, TV spot. It's like, People are going to go. Yeah, it's like when you think about somebody like Beyonce or Taylor Swift, how many interviews are they doing promoting their new album? Like maybe two or three because right. that's all they need to do because they already have the fan base. They already know that the moment it comes out, it's a certified number one hit. So they don't really need to go out there and, you know, beat the streets and be at uh, outside the no. uh, record studios and those stores handing out free samples. I do think it's going to change, though. And you're going to see people are tend to be reactionary. They don't mm -hmm. tend to be forward thinking with this stuff, I, think, I believe. Because, mm -hmm. like, right now should be the time they should be ramping it up because of the box office receipts for comic book fair mm. are going down it's prestige good. films are going up comic book fairs going down they're never going to like meet mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding my hands up in the air they're not gonna, they're not going to meet you know like the comic mm -hmm. book stuff is still going to be the big ticket stuff but they're not seeing the roi on that stuff that they typically have had leading into this year and this year in particular it looks rough mm -hmm. so i'm thinking if that's a trend a year from now, two years from now, people are going to be ramping up, I think, these cons more. Yeah, like I said, it's interesting, though, and this is my final mm -hmm. parting shot here, though, is that because we've got a lot of Star Wars, for example, coming out in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. And they are, again, wanting their Star Wars celebration. So Next year in Japan. You know, if somebody, again, you're talking about somebody who is going to i've got enough money to either go to comic-con or to star wars celebration and that's the other thing it is in japan you got to convince a lot of you know american-centric americans to go to japan for you know and i know more than americans go to to uh star wars celebration so but i'm just being sarcastic here but you know you got to convince that's a hell of a lot of travel and so if you if I can go to San Diego and see all the Star Wars stuff that I want and see all the Star Wars people that I want and the Marvel stuff, 
and I don't have to go to Japan. I mean, so I think there's, I think there's a lot of chess pieces mm-hmm. here. Um, well, and it's something kind of like you, you brought up before when you've gone to several of the celebrations and the conference and the cons, uh, but what gets you going to one now may not necessarily be what used to get you going to one a decade ago. You know, and I was just going to say, okay, so real quick around the mm-hmm. horn, um, it, take money out of the factor and somebody can babysit your kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, why'd you say mm-hmm to that Fredo? No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, they'd be like, <laughs> to, there, you have something to share? Of, no, you have yeah. something to share? Logistics, yeah, no, no. pets, you know? No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just thinking in terms of if, if somebody gave you free you know, childcare for a whole week, it's coming kind of anyway, where you're going. Well, oh, no, but okay. No, well, but no, no, no. Okay. So, but here's, here's my thing. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just going to say if, if take all it, take all those things off the table, um, would you go to San Diego Comic Con, Dave? I'd have to look at the lineup. I don't know. Get if the D- fence pull out of your butt. I don't know if DC is <laughs> gonna be. I don't know what's gonna be there. I honestly don't. I'd look at the lineup. Let's let, let's say yeah. the line. Let's say the lineup is great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'd go. Yeah. I probably Fred wouldn't. Him. Probably wouldn't. Not, See, not because I don't like him, but it's just I got like. You know, standing in long lines that's is the not thing. the thing mm-hmm. that excites me. Now, that's of course, the thing. that's Disney why too. that's why I that's why I dig the smaller ones. You know, the the ones that we have in New Orleans here. The you know the Fan what? Expo or you guys went to Pensacon. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're seeing some more like B list, C list, you know. But still, you know, it's there's something you know, like I said. I've you know, been to the Star Wars celebrations. I'll probably go to another one at some point. I'm not going to Japan. Um, but it's so much standing and waiting in line. I mean, it's like worse than standing in line at Disney World. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. At least at Disney World, you get the ride at the end. There's no guarantee you're going to get that ride come standing you know, so, three hours uh, for a haul pass. And you go, and, oh, no, it's booked. It. And, yeah. now, and now, well, and now it's like if you want to, if you wanted, if the only thing you wanted to see was this panel. You know, now you have to enter again. You have to enter in a lottery mm-hmm. to so, you know, people are upset about that because you can't just, you know, sleep overnight and camp out for your place in line, which that sounds even more miserable to me. I mean, yeah, a, I don't like now. camping. B, no. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to sleep on concrete. I would have done that 20 years ago. I wouldn't do that now. So, you know, yeah. anyway, um, but that's just kind of interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to hear. I'll have to. <laughs> Maybe we'll have my brother-in-law on um, mm-hmm. after they get back from San Diego Comic-Con and uh, get a report. let us know how it was different. Um, so he's a, he's a big nerd as well. Um, he has uh, Thor's hammer. Um, he w- you know, he's got all, Is he all able sorts. to lift it, though? Uh, he's, he's worthy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, cool. All right, well, before we get to the Grey Jedi stuff... Um, I just wanted to go a quick round of horn about what what have you guys been watching? Because, uh, well, Secret Invasion, the first episode came out on Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you've seen it, Dave. And yeah. I've seen it. Fredo yeah. hasn't. Not yet. Did you like it, Dave? I liked it, yeah. Um, I, will say, I will say this is that um, it's kind of like, I started to think about this. It's like Kenobi. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I went immediately. Kenobi okay. and all of the Marvel Disney Plus shows feel like movies to me mm. because you have some of 
the actors from the movies. Yeah. The Mandalorian, as good as it is, and I mean, well, I guess Andor is the only other one that felt like a movie to me because those people were from the movie or that person was from the movie. Mm. So I think, I think that's why I was like, man, I, I felt like Marvel's like keeps hitting this out of the park. And then it realized it was like, well, because I feel like I'm in a movie because it's some of the same, even if they're only on screen for a mm. couple minutes. Um, whereas the star Wars stuff feels air quote made up, you know, because it's not, I don't know. That's just, it was, but like I said, I liked yeah. secret invasion. Um, it just seems really well done. So my comparison point for Obi Wan Kenobi was less that, but it's a good point. Um, but more so the story and the characters, which I think uh, an older statesman yeah. who has lost his fastball, mm-hmm. or were made to think has lost his fastball, and kind of seeing him get his swerve back, you know. And can he, can he, and that's where the drama lies. It's like, is he going to get his ability to, you know, do the things that he does best back? And I think like, that's where we're headed with this, at least after one episode. Um, I won't say anything yeah. further mm-hmm. to spoil. No, but, I, yeah. Now, usually if you're going to spoil a it's Marvel good. show, the first episode is usually the best one to spoil because it's traditionally set up. Yeah. It's all set it's, up. Yeah. It's yeah. not the payoff. That's the one you don't want to spoil. Um, but anyway, I, I have to plug another one. I don't know if you guys have watched this. Um, Disney Plus, Electric Mayhem. <laughs> I've, I saw the first episode. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Brittany and I, like, we we binged that in a couple days. It, it, it seems like we flew through it. I mean, what, 10 episodes? Eight episodes? Nine? Whatever. Um, and so... Muppet Show was, and again, okay, folks, we're all, you know, we're of a certain vintage. Um, but the Muppet Show is the standard, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And in the late 90s, they had Muppets Tonight, and that was good. It felt like it was at that standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then subsequent Muppet stuff, you know, at least on the TV side of things, the the movies have are always been good um but but the but the tv show they like since then the the ones that they 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 released one during the pandemic just they've missed the mark and electric mayhem was i just it was awesome um it was obviously designed it seems like it was designed for gen x um they captured the and actually it's kind of funny because these characters these muppets who we only get a snippet of in the muppet movie and they're always the backup band uh, they they did enough to flesh out the characters appropriately and without making one stand out over the other it's it's i highly recommend it good cameos in there too for music fans yes yes um but just but i sit there find myself i was re-watching a little bit of it and uh um i mean the way they've you know zoot the saxophone player never said anything he was just always you know at the end of the muppet show theme he you know his saxophone would make a different sound all the time they have his character is just awesome so mm-hmm. i highly recommend electric mayhem it's i mean it's just a fun easy watch so 
for my end, let's see. So I did catch Across the Spider-Verse, which I know mm. you'd call it. We haven't seen that yet. I'm going to be seeing that Tuesday. Okay, so no spoil. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Not yet. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll say, I'll say nothing more than to say expect a lot of anger at the end of the trailer. I took my nephew. He was in town with my, my sister-in-law at our 30th year uh, uh, high school reunion. So while they were going to that, she and my brother were going to that, I took my nephew to go see him, got him the Spider-Man across, you know, Spider-Verse popcorn bucket and drink. Yeah. And I think it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But anyway, we went and he had a blast. It was just really good. But then it's set up to be a part two of three. Yeah. So be ready for, because his immediate reaction when it, when it said to be continued was, that's it and, yeah and he wasn't the only one which tells you how good of a story it is that everybody got wrapped up in it and they couldn't fredo's nephews flipping off the screen oh yeah oh yeah well he's he's five four now so he yeah. gets now he gets his fame middle finger sticks up high in the sky so <laughs> they're like the the second pirates movie and the second matrix movie mm-hmm. were both like like blatantly like mm-hmm. that where you get to the end of the movie and you're like wait a minute you're gonna end there right what? and then they go oh it's not next one's not coming out till next year and it's like yeah. now it's like maybe not yeah, that's maybe how we not. all felt after force awakens let's let's admit it it's <laughs> true, like true true and then so the, it's either one mm-hmm. one man's you know you know mm-hmm. thing one thing that ticks you off is another person's like that's genius mm-hmm. so anyway the other thing kind of been watching while you know i've been in the middle of my move is uh i went and recaught up uh, or caught up with um uh, Amazon did an adaptation of the Jack Reacher shows, uh, books by Lee Child, which basically it's like if you um, if you remember the Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code books, yeah. same idea only, you know, same model of writing, only instead it's a military, uh, former military inspector trying to solve a crime. And all of a sudden in the middle of all that, you got a conspiracy. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm comparing to Da Vinci Code. In the middle of that, the, the crooked cop turns out to be crooked and you didn't see it coming. And, <laughs> you know, there's a shootout and they've been trying, you know. It's very disposable, very fun. Uh, it's just kind of like if you need to turn your brain off. Uh, the guy who did it um, plays a role who's completely like they had Tom Cruise doing that role for two movies. I mean, this described as a six foot three, big, beefy military dude. And here's Tom Cruise doing the role. They got somebody to look more like him. Uh, so that's pretty much been it. It's just been uh, trying to catch that and then trying to get as much sleep as possible. And uh, yeah, that's been it. Cool. Dave, been watching anything? Come back and uh, watch Daredevil, the the series. Um, if you haven't seen that, I'd recommend it, mm-hmm. um, especially to you, Aaron, because you guys went and watched Agents of Shield and you watched all the Marvel stuff. And I think like Daredevil's good. Just uh, as far as the Defenders shows mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. I felt like particularly it, the first season, the first yeah. season, the first season and a half, and the first two seasons, they did a good job when it was just Daredevil dealing with King who Pen. he was, Kingpin, his powers, all his Catholic guilt. When they started trying to weave in all the Defenders hand stuff, setting up other stuff, it's it's the same that happened to all the Netflix shows. Like yeah. when it was just the hero dealing with their own internal trauma versus their villain great yeah. Jessica Jones season one amazing because of that right Luke Cage similar in nature once they started trying to make it into a bigger shared universe it loses some of its fastball yeah yeah so but like I like this because we decided we are going to watch it because of the um, um, the further tie-ins that are going to have mm-hmm. with this character they're bringing the character back into future 
shows and was in She-Hulk and yeah, exactly. etc. So and mm-hmm. Sp- uh, the Spider-Man movie, uh, mm-hmm. the third Spider-Man movie. So like we've been watching it, we liked it. Um, it's more adult. I will just yeah. say that much. If you're if you're not if you're accustomed to the Marvel yeah. PG-13 range, yeah, more, this is more, more adult. Yeah, particularly season two when you bring in Frank Castle and the Punisher. That's the Punisher. Oh yeah. Yeah, you mm, blood. You get blood. And uh, we're also watching the Bear. Um, I heard it's a good show. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's uh, about a chef who, uh, like Michelin star type, you know, high end chef who uh, his family dies and he has to go back to save the family restaurant, which is just a sandwich shop, uh, Chicago, like Italian beef, Chicago type place. And so, like, he's having to figure out how to fit into this environment. And, which is kind of fish out of water stuff, but also like, am I going to try to elevate it? But in him wrestling with that, and uh, it's a good show. It's a good show. I like it. Two other things, real quick. Um, during my travels um, to Nebraska, I had in, like what's so over the last like week or so rewatched Andor. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Andor is much better the second time around if you mm-hmm. haven't done this already. Mm-hmm. Anyway, number two, Brittany and I watched uh, Dungeons and Dragons last night. Oh, it's good. Yeah, the movie, it's such a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was not, you know, I was not expecting it. And Britt was like, "Hey, you want to watch it?" And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, "Sure." You mm-hmm. know, um, she was really excited to see it. I, I, it was funny. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was, you know, heartwarming. Tend, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was good. So. You tend to forget, particularly Chris Pine. Like everybody knows him from like, you know, Star Trek or the Hard Problem, Wonder movies, Woman, and yeah. Wonder Woman, and it's like. It's like, do you ever see Smoking Aces, the Joe Carnahan movie? Where it's oh, it's been killers? it forever. Yeah. He's, he's one of these really greasy looking dudes. He, <laughs> he's actually a really good actor because he knows how to throw himself into these roles. And so him as the bard is just like, he knew how to do that role just perfectly. Okay, so to our, to our topic. Yes. Um, Grey Jedi. Dave, yes. what in the heck? Educate our or a handful of listeners here <laughs> educate the people what the heck is a gray jedi right the and why is it controversial why is it controversial is the mm-hmm. second the interesting part of this but like pulling from wikipedia so the official unofficial source here uh the term gray jedi or gray had two meanings traditionally first it was used by jedi and sith to describe force users who walked the line between light and dark sides of the force without surrendering fully to the dark side. And second, it described Jedi who distanced themselves from the Jedi High Council and operated outside the structures of the Jedi Code. However, those who are considered to be true gray Jedi met both of those qualifications and did not belong to any particular force tradition. And there are many examples, and it's not all legends, um, which is interesting to me. There's there's a long list of um, material, um, video games, books, comics, etc., where you see characters who are portrayed in this manner. Controversy, I think, comes in the fact that this has never been a thing that has been officially, officially sanctioned by Lucasfilm. Their own story group has come out and said that uh, I think the Grey Jedi are are a contradiction in terms because the Jedi are not Grey. 
I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. So if I might interject, because otherwise I'll forget. That's what the story grip says. Here's here's right. my problem with this, though, yeah. is that if we take Yoda says that a Jedi uses powers for knowledge and defense, never for attack, then everybody from every Jedi from episode three and prior, at least from what we've seen on screen, then would fit the top would fit the description of a gray Jedi mm-hmm. because they're using it for attack. They're using, they, they're full of hubris. They are, I mean, the, they are the least Jedi things right. as you know, it's like, that's what was striking in the last Jedi was that Luke was actually behaving as a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So I would actually argue that the, the definition that you gave there of a gray Jedi is the definition of a Jedi that we've seen from episodes one, two, three, four, five, and six. I would say definitely from, say, Attack of the Clones onward, without a doubt. When you have, you know, peaceful monks becoming generals of an army and leading battles and missions and campaigns, you know, leading thousands of uh, warriors across the galaxy to, you know, not not just necessarily defend, but to take over systems and whatever. Yeah, it's a... It's a different way of looking at the force at that point. You're no longer using it for knowledge and defense. Even if you think, oh, it's the, uh, look, we're, we're going to conquer you to protect you, that uh, way of thinking, which isn't really Jedi-ish. Whereas you're right, Luke in episode eight saying, call, even calling that out, calling that mindset out of how Palpatine was able to use the Jedi's own hubris against them. You know, that's more Jedi-ish. I think like, that what's fun about that sort of debate is like it is a debate mm-hmm. because you can you can't fall on either side of the aisle like yeah like they really overstepped here but like there's this idea too of the ends justifying the means and um we have to get results mm-hmm. we have to protect people this is the this is the correct side to be on and if our hands get a little dirty in the process so be it we're we're after a higher purpose well, and, I mean, and I think you know which which uh, you know the tales of the Jedi episode with Dooku and Qui Gon mm-hmm. represented that aspect really well, mm-hmm. just because it's showing the duality of wait a minute we get involved there's gonna be a battle you know on the other hand we don't get involved people are gonna die. Bef- so before we before we get into why is this bi- such a big thingamajig to talk about, uh, I will say the I mean the real life it seems to me the real life correlation here is you know the people who say that they're independents, mm-hmm. that I am neither Democrat nor Republican, you know, and yeah, I might have ideals Centrist. on one side or the other, you know, and those of us who are on one side might, you know, or the other say, you know, get the fence pole out of your butt. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, so I think that that seems to me to be the, um, the real life equivalency that's, here. That's certainly one, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's like, you find find you know you can find democrats who are not you know do not subscribe to all of the democratic platform you can find people who are registered republicans same thing um and again i, I just come back to it. it's like all the, i mean how many jedi do we see in these movies who you can tell act out of anger act out of hubris mm-hmm. you know all these things so why is this why is this such a thing why are people peeing their pants over this online i think like 
so like I think that a lot of people are married to the concept and like and enjoy it and, and are attracted to it. And I have my theories on why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that there are a lot of people who are like, well, no, this is strictly and a strict definition of, you know, the interpretation of the material that we have. No, gray Jedi is by definition not gray. They are they're not supposed to engage in. Um, force lightning or mm. you know some of these other things that are considered to be you know dark never mind the fact that you go back to a return of the jedi and this is maybe to me that's the very first example of a luke choking the gamorian guards yeah mm-hmm. yeah and like this is where you see it and like ooh, and i know understand where that comes from in the storytelling you have to believe that he could turn for there to be dramatic tension in you know yeah. the final conflict, right? Oh, he might turn, and then he has the moment where he strikes down his father out of anger, and he, and then he rejects it and says, "No, I won't do it." And so, like, I think like this 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 idea of fallen Jedi and this flirtation with the dark side is where this idea sort of stems from, which is like, well, could you walk a path? Well, I mean, somewhere in the middle. So well, okay, so and, let's let's throw out another real right. light because as you when you brought this up, I've been thinking about a lot of these things. Um, it's it's people who you know uh, from a religious standpoint. Let's just say like, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and I might fall into the I, actually I'm not might I do fall into this category that I consider myself a Christian, but I am not going. I was raised Catholic, but I'm not a part of Catholic Church. I was in the Lutheran Church. I'm not Lutheran. I went to an Episcopal Church. I'm not Episcopalian. You know what I mean? So maybe Mm -hmm. am am I a great Christian? I don't know. It's like I, you know, because it's like you're not affiliated. So so that that's that's one thing. And there are people who would argue that, no, Aaron, you are not a Christian because you are not in a church. You're not doing these things Um, and assign that to any faith. Um, The other thing I've been thinking about, though, is that and I'm hoping because like in Skeleton Crew in the um, the trailer that was shown at uh, at celebration mm-hmm. jude law's character apparently uses the force and so everybody's like oh he's a jedi and that got me thinking it's like why is it you either are a jedi or a sith those are the only people who can use the force isn't it doesn't it stand to reason that there are people who can mm-hmm. who are force sensitive who can use the force but are not a jedi, jedi. right or or Sith, you know, and so could that, you know, are we going? Could we start seeing heroes in a Star Wars movie that, you know, I mean, Ahsoka has said, "I'm no Jedi." Right, Ahsoka's she, the immediate. And I still think, I still think that in her show, she it's going to be her path to becoming a Jedi again mm-hmm. because she's talking with all the Jedi ghosts, you know, in mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. But you know, so. Anyway, but can we have those people who are like, yeah, I figured out that I can move things. Particularly when you, you know? consider the way that the storyline goes from, say, prequels through Order 66. And we've got not just Ahsoka as the prime example, but characters like Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Yeah, no, Ezra Bridger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing I was watching. No, Ezra Bridger. This podcast has now been canceled. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ezra Bridger, Cal Kestis. Um, you have a number of a number of characters who have come out of the woodwork well, now in the in the post 
prequel era has these these villains in the Ahsoka show apparently mm-hmm. fall into this. Right, well, with they're the not orange lightsabers rather than red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're bounty hunters who used to be. But yeah, you can have a dynamic where you have characters who are force sensitive, but not necessarily fall into the Jedi or Sith paradigm. I mean, like you said, is, is a Jedi just somebody who uses the force for good? Or do you actually have to have been trained by a Jedi, gone to the Jedi Temple, gotten your Jedi certificate, been a Padawan, the whole rigmarole, you know, in order to become, hey, I'm a dad in the wool, you know, according to horror you know, love, and, Jedi. And Ezra is actually a good example of this, because all through Rebels, mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, he doesn't have this all wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, being, I mean, being able to understand how to use your anger to be a little bit more powerful but to be in control of that mm-hmm. to harness those emotions not give into those emotions but to harness those emotions i think that's what ezra was doing you know for you know whenever the, when we when he got his hair cut and he was all sudden part of what the bender was, uh, was it the, you know part through uh, fourth season or third season anyway mm-hmm. um you know i i thought that was like you know why not you know, it's like, why would the Jedi, you know, and, why, and again, I, you can point to Obi-Wan was operating out of anger when he beat Darth Maul, you know. Um, Luke, you know you when can, Luke, when he beat Vader. When he beat Vader. Ray you know, when, he, when she beat Kylo Ren. Ray was using it all through, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time she had a lightsaber, you know. So, yeah, she was screaming and hollering. <laughs> um, so anyway, I mean, I like I said, I just... Uh, this is this is an interesting argument to me, and I can't believe the story group said no. This isn't it. I mean, we and we saw Freddie Prince Jr.'s thing, mm-hmm. and like I said, I understand where he was coming from. By the way, everybody, look up online. You know, Freddie Prince's rant on oh. Star Wars, um, and it's not a negative rant on Star Wars. It's kind of a rant on Star Wars fandom, mm-hmm. um, and I get what he was saying. And then he was saying, this is coming from George Lucas. But if I was sitting across the table from George Lucas, I'd ask him the same thing. It's like, well, what about, you know, what about this? What about Luke, you know, choking the Gamorrean guards? What about, what about these things? You're, you're, these don't, these don't jive together. And Mm -hmm. I get your point, Dave, that it's like, you needed that to show that Luke could be turned. But it's like you're saying there's not a gray Jedi, but is there the potential that there could be a gray Jedi? Or, you know, we have, like I said, Ezra Bridger running around, you know, four seasons of working the- for good, but using dark side abilities. I always think back to some to uh, the teaching that Yoda was giving Luke in Empire when he starts when he starts says, how do you know the good path from the bad? And he says, look, no, the one's not more powerful than the other. One's quicker, easier. You can access that faster than the other. But you'll only know which is the good way or the bad way when you're at peace. Yeah, but sometimes, and I think sometimes I, you need that, though. It's like you're, you're in a pickle and it's like, okay, I need to do meh, you know. Well, true, but, but the problem is it's if you're not at peace, you're not going to think your consequences through. You're going to be just react, do, hey. Which is Ray shooting exactly. down the uh, fake Chewbacca transport. Hey, exactly, know, with, not realizing, hey, exactly. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, you're not Yoda is a Jedi who teaches yet Jedi because he understands the capacity and power that they have in order to affect uh, the world around them. Now, why do the fans like it? Because it's 
I mean, it's fun to it's fun to have all the all the calories and none you know none of the guilt. It's fun to have all the toppings on your pizza and not have to worry how much you're gonna pay for it. That's part of the lure. I mean, think of something like the Force Unleashed video games where you had uh, Sam Witwer uh, just running around, live force lightning and pushing, and he wasn't a Jedi. He wasn't a Jedi at all. He was the apprentice of Darth Vader, but he wasn't necessarily the bad guy. Well, that's interesting. That you, said, you know why? And I asked, I'll pose it again today. Why mm-hmm. are people clamoring for this? But it seems to me, again, going back to my real life um, mm-hmm. examples, and it seems like people want to have some sort of justification for I, I can't get fully behind this religion mm-hmm. or that religion. I can't get fully behind this, this political party or that political party. Mm-hmm. You know, they want some justification that it's okay to be in the middle. Um, But isn't the point of storytelling, I mean, nowhere does any of the fairy tales that we, you know, grew up or movies that we grew up, you know, it was never like, yeah, walk the middle, kids. It was, no, see, good triumphs over evil because, you know. Evil is dumb. Evil is dumb. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Reverse. I'm reversing. That's the reverse of it. But, you know, so, but why, is, do you think, is that why people are clamoring for this? Or yeah, I, I do think it goes deeper than, like you said, like just role playing and, and putting yourself in a position of like, oh, you know, I love the Force Unleashed, uh, you know, mindset of being able to have my cake and eat it too. I, mm-hmm. I think like specifically in our country and in our society, I think about the fact that the, there's so many people that are deeply ensconced in Christianity, in quotes, um, and yet do not practice it in their day-to-day existence. And, and and because it's like, okay, I'm not going to help the homeless guy on the side of the street. Feed the poor. Right. I am going to go make as much money as I possibly can today. There's a disconnect. Yeah. There's, an, there's an absolute disconnect and i think like that's where some of that comes from for for a lot of people um and like i'm not immune to it um i think like part of growing up is realizing that that disconnect exists and then having to determine for yourself like what am i going to do am i going to be the kind of person that just allows that well this is the way society is and this is the way society functions so i'm just going to go with the flow i'm going to make as much i'm going to take care get as much as i can get mine everybody else be danged and then i'm going to go to church on sunday and put something in the collection plate and i'm good and i'm good with myself and i'm good with god and i think a lot of people take that approach um and 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 run with it like my mindset with that was never that it was more uh i can't be good all the time i can't be bad all the time maybe i should be somewhere in the middle but it wasn't so clearly defined as i'm or structured as i'm going to church i'm not helping the homeless guy no it was more i'm going with the flow today what feels right to me there is a guy panhandling asking me for something. You know what? I do have two bucks in my pocket. I am going to give you two bucks today because you know what? You wouldn't ask if you didn't need it. I don't know what you're using it for. I don't care. I'm going to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's a conscious choice. I had to come to that point. It, it was easier to ignore. It was easier to put like systems in place and say, well, this system determines that I act in this way. And it's like, no, like the world is messy and flawed and weird. Um, and so for me, like the gray Jedi as a concept is kind of appealing because because of that, it falls in the middle somewhere. When it's like well, one of I, the examples cited on Wikipedia was uh, Qui Gon Jinn, and again, like, and that's because he didn't fall under the dogma of it, and was instead like, I'm going to live my life like Jesus Christ, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go help people. Um, that appeals to me, um, and again, like, that's where my faith falls. And so, like, on a really deep, fundamental level, that's where I fall, too. And so, like, Qui-Gon Jinn, like, he's one of my very favorite characters because of that aspect of his character. And I'm like, yes, you're, you got it right. The Jedi don't have it right. You've got it right. And are you gray Jedi? However we, whatever we call you. And again, like, I think people get caught up on the semantics of it and the names. Gray Jedi couldn't possibly exist. And it's like, well, okay, well, if we're going to have that pedantic discussion, okay, we're going to have that pedantic discussion. And I think that's where people, the online uh, arguments all sort of center on that. But, like, the idea, the concept of people that fall in the middle... the, the other part of it is that, yeah. you know, George Lucas, he also wrote the line that only Sith deal in absolutes. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? wrong, too. So, so, again, it's like you know, what that statement coming <laughs> from a Jedi is the most ironic thing. Yeah, it's ever. hilarious. It's, yeah, it's, time. because it's an absolute statement about absolutes. But, oh, Fredo. No, I was going to say, because and it make, makes me wonder if that's part of the, what, what you're describing, Dave, is part of what the journey of Ahsoka is going to be. Because the fact of the matter is, is if you start looking at it from the standpoint of, kind of like I said, you can only be a Jedi if you follow this certain way. Well, then the number of Jedi that we met are few. The mm-hmm. reality is more of them fall on the spectrum between, say, Ezra and Ahsoka and Yoda. So, but is Ahsoka going out into the galaxy, helping people, righting wrongs, pro- protecting the innocent? Is that not more that's Jedi my, than somebody who's on the temple? That's just my point. Mind the library. Mm-hmm. That's my. That was my earlier point. Though, mm-hmm. why does anybody have to be a Jedi? I think why, the idea. Why? why okay. I mean, I mean, again, I'm coming mm-hmm. back to mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I understand why people who are Catholic would argue why you have to be Catholic. You know, mm-hmm. every religion would say why you have to be, but you right. know, there's there's a point where it's like, well, why? Because you're you're so getting into the Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, so somebody who is force sensitive and can wield a lightsaber, why do they have to pay the do? Why do they have to pay the registration fee and be a Jedi? Or why do they have to choose a team? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I can still, you know, fight for the things that you guys say that you you know, mm. hold dear, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not part of your club, you and know? It, and, it, and I think that's, I think it's a very mm. real world thing. It does make me wonder though, if, cause we've had examples of people who are very strong in the force who didn't become a Jedi. Princess Leia, biggest example that we have. Somebody who, because of both her bloodline, as well as the training, as well as everything that we see, she's strong in the force. Not interested, you know, but she's using her talents for another ways. So 
just because you're force sensitive doesn't necessarily mean you pick up a lightsaber and you go start swinging it around. At the same time, though, yeah, you're, you know, doesn't necessarily, just because you're force sensitive about a lightsaber doesn't necessarily mean you have to go Jedi or Sith. You can simply say, look, I'm going to help people and do my thing. You know, that doesn't necessarily make you a quote unquote great Jedi. It just makes you somebody who's the force is helping people. And people who are clamoring for a great Jedi, Mm -hmm. maybe this is my final question before we Mm -hmm. sign off on this is do we want our movies right now, which are sometimes, I mean, let's Mm -hmm. face it, you know, art is to try to, you know, art has a purpose. Mm -hmm. It's generally, I don't, you know, I'm, I create a movie, I create a song, I'm trying to get some sort of point across. In the times that we live in right now, is Grey Jedi really what we want to try to aspire to? Is that really what you, I mean, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, do we want people to, or, I mean, because we're never going, no, human beings are fallible. Mm-hmm. You know, we're never going to attain, you know, that mountaintop. Mm-hmm. But is it, is it what we want to say is to say, you know, oh, I'll just shoot for good enough. And I'm being I'm being very mm-hmm. hyperbolic here, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean. It's like, do you, do you want your movies to say, you know, aspire for just get by, or aspire to be, you know, I don't know. Well, there's a great deal of polarization in the country right now, um, and and uh, throughout the world, yeah. uh, I think like a lot of people would, would would say that yeah, we probably could use more middle ground. We probably could use more people in the middle because a lot of people do exist in their day to day lives in the middle somewhere um but like sort of taking politics out of it um i would i would fall under the umbrella of a middle ground sort of person in general again like i try to do good i try to help people um but i think one of the advantages to the polarization that people that we really haven't touched on and that maybe people that like to live in the middle don't think about is that Am I going to achieve anything? And um, again, there has to be some measure of compromise of one's values when one does that. But um, it's like, well, how am I going to get this resolution passed? Or how am I going to uh, help the maximum amount of people that I'm trying to help? And it's like, well, you affiliate yourself with a larger group of people a larger organization that has more sway and more power. And that's the way, one of the ways that you achieve things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just saying sometimes, I mean, I think it depends on how, how you frame the message. And if the message is one of, look, help out where you can do as much good as you can recognize that you don't necessarily have to, you know, pick up a rifle and, you know, lead the charge and overthrow the government and, you know, do change the world. No, because sometimes, I mean, sometimes those messages can be quite reactive and negative. But, but just the idea of okay, can you help people? Can you stop and look, you know, be on labels, be on terms, and just help people? And that's not necessarily a bad message. It's just it's how it's framed. See, and I and I agree with what both of you said. Um, mm-hmm. I think where I see it though is, I mean, because <laughs> sorry to be Anakin here, when you know, from my point of view, the mm-hmm. Jedi are evil. You know. Um, the people who are both sides will say that they are trying to help people, mm-hmm. you know, whereas what I'm saying here is I think the concept of a gray Jedi, it's like, 
people are trying to say thou shalt take or not take a side but choose a team because each side has several different teams Mm -hmm. and it's like why can't i you know be a mixture of of these things um so i guess and i guess my biggest beef that i have is like said the lucas film story group saying no there is no such thing as a gray jedi and george lucas saying there's no such thing as a gray jedi when they have portrayed those Mm-hmm. For over twenty years now, mm-hmm. for over forty years. Well, yeah, since Return of the Jedi. I mean, you know, I mean, so it's it's been around the I, the very idea. Um, like we are not going to always be a hundred percent perfect, and nobody's perfect. And I mean, um, you and got, who mm-hmm. who you choose to associate yourself with? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that that people will judge you based on that, and they will make you know. They will ascribe certain values to you. But I also feel like these groups exist for a reason. So many people think, like, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to fix things. Uh, I'm going to attack poverty. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. I'm going to set up my own group. Eh, wrong. There are 50 different groups that exist in this city alone dealing with poverty right now, today. And I think, like, that's where sometimes people miss the plot where they think, oh, well, I want to do things my own way, mm-hmm. you know? And that's where, like, the gray Jedi mindset, for me, sort of breaks down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, that's your choice. We're individuals. We all can, can kind of do what we want. And Yeah, just I was just thinking when, you know, to, to Aaron's point about the story group and George, I'm like, from marriage aid... Kyle Katarn, she doesn't exist. Ahsoka, Asra. They've had more, whether it's Legends or the new continuity, they've had more quote unquote great Jedi than actual Jedi. Yeah. You know, that they've actually that people know and follow and have, you know, you know, taken part in their journey. Because yeah, we got a lot of Jedi during the Clone Wars, but that was one experience and we're mostly following Ahsoka. I but, love that we've had this discussion leading into Ahsoka. That was mm-hmm. semi-intentional on yep. my part. Um, I think like what what I, what I would love to see is what I was just talking about too. Would be like she finds out that there are other people out there that have the same. And I ideas and I th- I think things. actually I I I think the opposite is going to happen because yeah. she said in Rebels, "I am no Jedi," you know, and that was like everybody's like, "Yeah, that was a great mm-hmm. line," but. I think you're going to hear her say in probably the final episode of the Ahsoka show saying, I am a Jedi. Right. I think you're going to, it's going to. Like my master before me. I think, well, I think she is. (laughs) I I think it all kind of rhymes, Fredo. (laughs) I think she is going to take that mantle again and disappoint a lot of people. Oh, what do you think? What do you think out there on on you know in the Twitterverse and everything? What do you think about Grey Jedi? Let us know. Also, let us know what you've been watching. Um, if there's any recommendations you have for us. And uh, so this has been fun talking around my dining room table, and the dog has been sleeping under the table the whole time. All, actually, all three—they all conked out because we're too boring and yammering on. Uh, but I suppose we will say who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Everybody have a great, great week. My monkey.